Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. In Acts 4, we heard this morning, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That is a 100% true phrase. And it used to be a controversial phrase. I'm not so sure it is as controversial as it once was. Or it isn't as controversial for the same reasons. But let's consider this remarkable phrase, which says that salvation is only in the name of Christ, and that exclusively in the name of Christ. Let's think of it in all of the contexts in which it might have been heard. Well, we must start, of course, in the first context it was heard, which is our reading today from Acts 4. Peter and John are powerfully preaching Christ to people who still care about salvation. Jesus has risen from the dead, and they are all Hebrew people who are hearing this message of Peter and John, and they're uh, being, they're, being, they're preaching in the city of Jerusalem, in the city of the temple, the city where the sacrifices are still being offered. And this group of people cares about forgiveness and sins and salvation. Leviticus clearly says that many of the sacrifices offered in the temple are for sin and guilt offerings. So, it is understood by everyone in this Acts 4 context that God must deal with wickedness, the, the evil actions and schemes of men. And it is also understood that in order to be right in the eyes of God, sacrifice is required. What was disagreed upon, of course, was that God became flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. And by his sinless life and perfect death, the sins of all men everywhere could be forgiven. So this temple uh, sacrificial system, it can just be shut down. You can just flip the, uh, the, 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 the sign around on the door from open to closed, right? It's like a horse buggy factory. It's no longer needed once the automobile is taking off. So just shut the whole thing down. But you see, all the concepts were agreed upon, right? Uh, that salvation was offered through the name and work of God. Uh, that sacrifice was necessary. That, sac that salvation and forgiveness, these were desired by men. But Peter's words were an offense to the first hearers because it was this man, Jesus of Nazareth, who was placed before them as the Messiah and Savior of Israel. The method of salvation was what was not accepted. Now, as the gospel spread in the context of the Roman Empire, it found itself in not a monotheistic context where everyone agreed there was one God, but now a polytheistic context. So it was this one all-powerful God and his crucified and risen son versus a pantheon of false gods. So Christians were going around and telling pagans, hey, you know, all those years and all that money that you've spent sacrificing 
to all of these gods in the temple, you know, Jupiter and Zeus and Athena and Mars. That's all been a total waste of time. You can be made right by God, by the one God of the universe, through this dead Judean who was crucified in Jerusalem for your sins. That was a ridiculous insult to most everyone, and Christians often paid for that testimony with their life. Now, we know that the Christian gospel did spread, and it eventually became the law of the land in the late 4th century. It was so agreed that salvation was under no other name that no other name came to be the norm. Nobody spoke of any name but Christ. Christians persecuted pagans in the same way that pagans had persecuted Christians. Maybe there was the occasional atheist who would curse God at night when everyone else was asleep, you know, under his blankets or something. But generally, everyone sort of just became Christian overnight. Well, much of the rest of the world was still and is still held captive by thousands of tribal or pagan or secular religions. So Christians have this commission to spread the gospel all over the world. And when they would go, this is the message that they would take with them. Repent of your false gods and your false religions and trust in the one true God who has been revealed by this guy, Jesus of Judea, who was crucified and risen from the dead. And again, many of the core concepts of these religious people, there was some common language that Christians could appeal to. You know, the need for salvation, the hope of everlasting life, the need of sacrifice before God or some gods. Of course, we only believe in one God. It was this method by which God had offered his son that was disagreed upon. But then the world shrunk quite dramatically in the last hundred years, actually more than that, but we'll just say hundred years, and exposure to other religions became commonplace, and it seems to me that was quite the game changer. With it has come wholesale doubt about the truth of Christianity and its exclusive truth claims. After all, now that we know about so many other religious truth claims, how do we know that the one that we say is true is really true? Maybe they're right and we're wrong, etc. Now, it isn't just Christianity that is doubted. Sort of all people who sort of believe things that are true for all people, you know, they're all finding themselves in the minority. Because the normal worldview of our average neighbor today is a lot closer to doubting all religious claims. So our friends and neighbors today, you see, they're not like the Jews as depicted in Acts 4. They're not like the pagans of the Roman Empire first encountering Christianity. They're not like the believing adherents of other faith claims that Christians encountered as they went out to all the world with their their mission, and their message. Today, and this is my anecdotal observation, but I think it bears out in survey after survey and in our daily experience, today it's really a free-for-all, unlike anything that we've ever seen. It's not controversial to claim that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation because 
Are people even worried about salvation anymore? That was the common thread that, that, that made it possible to spread the gospel to people all over the world. They were actually still worried about such things. I'm not sure that salvation even matters. Who cares if different religions argue about truth? Truth doesn't matter. And salvation, I mean, that alone is a churchy word. That's what we say inside buildings like this. I'm not sure it passes the lips of people in their average conversations. There are so many more important things to be concerned with. Like what's on TikTok, for example. I'm not a TikTok person, but apparently people just spend hours you know, staring at one 20-second video clip after another of silliness. We laugh about it, but a wise person once said, if you look at how people spend their time and money, there you will find their God. Well, I think for a lot of people, social media and other media, of course, has become really a God. We've turned ourselves into zombies, and tragically, we're okay with that. One of my great complaints with our uh, school system putting everybody on laptops for the last year is that we're just encouraging kids to spend more and more time in front of screens. We need to be pulling them off of screens so that they can appreciate the weightier issues of life, like, you know, salvation. Or what we're passionate about these days, you know, I'm not sure how often it really has to do anything with God. Social and political issues, matters of justice, they become all important because they're all we have left. With salvation off the table, eternal justice becoming a joke, an afterthought, the only justice that matters is right here and right now. Ultimate things of ultimate consequence, they have been reduced to what is happening today. We have no eternal perspective. We leave nothing to the hands and the will of God. In the Christian apologetics world, we often worry what the great atheists of our day have to say. But you know those atheists who spend enough time to write a book or even a blog post, or produce a podcast, well, at least they care. What about the young person who is so uninterested in eternal matters that they're atheists and they don't even know it? They don't even know what the word atheism means. But because they're only worried about this day and this moment on a ping on their phone and this news story and their next meal, they live as though God does not exist. So what do they care if in Acts 4 it says that Jesus is the only way to salvation? They didn't even know that salvation is something they should be concerned about. They're the scariest kind of atheist. They may not even know how to answer if someone were to call them, if they could even be reached on their cell phone, and ask them what their religious beliefs were, because they don't know what atheism is. And that's the scariest kind of all. Well, how do we get the world back on the right track? And by the right track, I don't mean everyone's a Christian. That's never really been true anyway. I mean at least to the point where we argue about these things again. You know, we argue about whether Jesus really 
is the only way to salvation because your salvation matters. Well, if there were an easy answer, somebody could, could provide it and we'd all do it. But there aren't any. So I would say this, that generally, Christians, those of us still committed to this proposition that there is only salvation in Christ and that our eternal lives really matter, those of us who are left, we've got to flood the system. Christians need to be involved as Christians in civic affairs, politics, neighborhood life, adopting and fostering children, voting, arguing with your school board, and much, much more. Any chance you get to be a Christian in the public square, we must do so. Let people know that you're a Christian. Wear a t-shirt. Offer to pray for people. But Christians have become a live-and-let-live kind of people. You know, we think that's nice. We think it's tolerant. We think it's the way we ought to live. And we are getting run over in the world of ideas. We're embarrassed. We're ashamed. We think religion is a private affair of worship. But it is not. It is a public claim on all people. And what we believe about salvation really does echo down to the value of human life right now. People don't care what we have to say because they think that Christianity is just one of many truth claims. It's not. It's the only way to salvation. And by the way, it produces the best possible world for the most number of people. And while I know that judgment for our unbelief will come, that does not bring me joy. I mean, I could just sit back and be like, well, let's just let all the people go their own way. But that wouldn't make me happy at all. But I do rejoice in this. The good shepherd, he calls his people, he calls his sheep, and they hear his voice. None of the sheep of God will be lost, even as I desire that far more people would, in fact, be God's people. But the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, and all who trust in him will be saved. And although I have no idea how God does it, I believe that it is still possible that while we are distracting ourselves to death, the voice of the shepherd can and will break through still to God's people. So while it may be true that we have a lot to do, God's work and call will never be thwarted. For he is the good shepherd, and he knows his sheep, and his sheep know him. Amen.